Black Lives Matter, to use an analogy, is like if, if there was a subdivision and the house was on fire, the fire department wouldn't show up and start putting water on all the houses because all houses matter. They would show up and they would turn their water on the house that was burning because that's the house that needs the help the most. My generation's taking on the torch of a very age-old fight for black liberation, but also liberation for everyone. Injustice anywhere is still injustice everywhere. The best thing white people can do is talk to each other. Having those very difficult, very painful conversations with your parents, with your family members. I think one of the critical questions for white people in this society is what are you willing to risk? What are you willing to sacrifice to create a more just society? Your silence is a luxury. Hip-hop is not a luxury. Your silence is a luxury. Hip-hop is not a luxury. Your silence is a luxury. Hello and welcome. I'm Jillian Raymond, the co-creator of Juicy Bits and a Coalition Snow ambassador. And I'm Jen Garecki, your co-host and the CEO of Coalition Snow. For those of you who are with us in season two, we are glad you're back. For those of you who are new, get ready to laugh, cry, and maybe pee your pants a little. Juicy Bits is about taking the conversations that we start on the chairlift and at the trailhead and bringing them to you to explore alternative narratives that challenge the status quo about what it means to be a modern woman in the outdoors. Grab your helmet because sometimes it's a bumpy ride. FYI, friends, this podcast is for mature audiences, so you've been warned. Let's get to work and juice the patriarchy. Here's the thing. Jillian and I actually have no fucking idea how to start this podcast. We have now been talking for about the last hour about all, like everything related to what we're going to talk about now. And now we've just spent the last 20 minutes of like, what are we going to say? How do we say this? That's not the right thing to say. That's inappropriate. And we just can't fucking land on it. So here we go. We are two cisgendered white ladies who are going to talk about Black Lives Matter. And we're going to talk about specifically what we're doing and what Coalition Snow is doing to address this issue. And the reason why we're going to do this is myself as a business owner in the outdoor industry, I feel fucking lost. I feel like there is virtually no leadership on you know, who to look to on what to do and what not to do. And while um, it's, this has been an incredible opportunity for us to step back and, and be quiet and to listen mm-hmm. and to learn and to center and to amplify and to elevate Black voices, which is exactly what we have been doing. We also recognize that we're not in, it would be incredibly inappropriate for just for us to continue to remain silent. There is work that needs to be done and we're committed to doing the work and we wanted to take this opportunity through the platform of this podcast to talk about the things that we're going to do. And we hope that by doing this, this will inspire some of you to maybe take the same steps at your own business to maybe if you don't own a business, maybe you can take these things to your boss. Um, Maybe you'll feel more inspired to use your voice. Um, And maybe we can, in the next however long we fucking talk about this, um, 
just create like create normalcy around talking about these issues because one thing I'm going to throw my fucking computer up against the fucking wall if one more person says this is skiing it's supposed to be fun the outdoors are supposed to be chill like we actually have a responsibility to address human rights and civil rights within every single aspect of society and to not do so would essentially be to continue to erase the voices and experiences of black people, brown people, and indigenous people. So Jillian and I know that we will make mistakes. We know that probably on this podcast, we will say some really dumb fucking shit. Um, we are, we welcome being called in to do better mm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just want to continue a conversation because one of the worst things that's going to happen is everyone's going to get like over talking about this on Instagram and things are going to go back to the same, same. And that can't happen. Um, so Jen, I think that that permission to not be perfect is essential because within that becomes that silence is easier, right? Or the quick checking of the box is easier. And I've seen that through, I mean, I, and I, I almost posted this where I was like, unfriend me, unfollow me, like, fuck you. I don't give a shit because you know what? Good job. Like posting a black square or good job. Like, you know, you know, changing, um, you know, some language, but I'm like, you know, kindness is not anti-racist and silence is oppression. And we really have to work to take the burden off the people who have been doing the work for centuries. And I think, you know, as a feminist owned company coalition, and I think of our friendship and our language where you and I can talk about, you know, (laughs) like Brazilian waxing and like the wine we like and, you know, where we want to go play in the outdoors, but we also hold the space to talk about in a really critical way, the things that we see that are inadequate and they're outright sexist and racist. And I think this is where we can come in, like you spoke to, to be leaders, but also to break the space where I don't want this idea of getting called out or this people tiptoeing around or this white fragility, it's such a fucking perpetuation of white supremacy to just like shelter and eggshell around how people feel. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? This again, I'll say like you said it, I I heard it again. That's when I wanted to throw my computer at the wall as well, like several times. It's like taking on that burden. There's like steps where it's like one thing is is feeling right at the core right here. You're going to feel that this is unjust. It's unright. It's icky. It doesn't make you, you know, feel good about the world, but then what the fuck comes next? And there has to be action steps. Some of us can do it with our voice. Some of us can do it in pen, you know, and I, I say that kind of metaphorically with like the signing of the petitions, um, the reading of the books, the educating oneself, the asking of the questions in the thoughtful manner. We've lost this sense of like a critical lens on the world. We're so quick and easy to like be spoon fed the simple answer and like move on. And I think part of the system is designed that way. It's how the hegemonic structure completely, completely sustains itself is by keeping everybody so distracted and the inability to, to question and this, and this focus and respect on intellectualism and fucking science. It's like why we have to worry right now that the Arctic's like over a hundred plus degrees and it has hit the highest temperatures ever and their average temperatures like in the sixties. And so, but all these things are related, right? It's like the climate justice, black lives matter, um, human rights, civil rights, the, the work on, 
um, you know, equity, it's, they're all intersected. And so we see right now people taking to the streets and taking unprecedented risks in the time that we're living in. And not all of us have to take those risks, right? We could choose to not. And I think that's where you just said, in the, especially in the mountain community where we reside, there are people that I've chosen to not spend more, fr- more time around because they're like, I don't want politics on the chairlift. I don't need politics when I'm buying my fill in the blank. And I'm like, okay, the, I'm so grossed out. I threw up in my mouth. Like there's no reason for us to ever engage again. Like you go in that archetype of crawl under the rock that you came, crawl back under that rock that you just came from. Yeah. But I, yeah, go, please. And We're going to go back and forth like, until we throw is, our computers at the fucking wall. <laughs> this is why, like the reason why we wanted to do this podcast is to be really clear that these conversations are a hundred percent appropriate to be having um, in the outdoor space, they're mm-hmm. they're appropriate to be having in snow sports space. And what I keep seeing on social or even in conversations with people is that you know skiing is supposed to be fun. The outdoors doesn't discriminate, and that is just a further perpetuation of like basically centering a white experience. Because if you are a black, brown, or indigenous person, these issues aren't separate for you. Um, your experience in the outdoors isn't separate from being a person of color. Um, you're, um, there, there's this idea of like, this is political or this is drama. Is it, or is this actually just real life? And you've been able to excuse yourself from it because you are white and, and that is privilege. So we, want to say here today that these are issues that we should be discussing. These are issues that we need to discuss today, tomorrow, next week, next year. And this isn't something that should go away because we just want to have fun skiing. Um, And this is, you know, for me, I was telling Jillian this, but, you know, in our hour long preparation for this call where we probably should have recorded that entire fucking thing. Sorry, friends. But um, when I look around, like when I look into the outdoor industry, when I look into snow sports, I'm not seeing a lot of leaders. And Coalition Snow, you know, obviously Coalition Snow is the entity that supports this podcast here. I'm the CEO. Um, Jillian is one of our ambassadors and our investors for anybody who's not aware of our, our connection there. Um, when I look at this industry, I'm at a loss of seeing the people above me, these like larger corporate entities that ha- that are operating with tens of millions of dollars and have, um, you know, a huge C-suite and employees and have likely undergone certain diversity, equity and inclusion training. I'm sort of seeing this huge void where everything is just sort of like figuring it out on your own. And so for me as a leader, for me as a business owner, I've been taking this opportunity to really reflect on myself personally, to reflect on our company, to document where we're at as a company in terms of what we've done, what we have not done, what we will need to do. And then also just be really transparent and share that publicly of like, here's our commitment as a company to addressing anti-blackness, to addressing racism, both within the industry and outside of it. And um, 
you know, I wish that, and this, this is like, like uh, we did, um, coalition, we, we facilitated this anti-racism webinar, um, where, you know, one of the things that came up in it that I thought was really fascinating, um, was this idea of how like white people just want to solve things really fast. Mm -hmm. Like we want to move quickly and solve things and be in control. And so, you know, I understand that my feelings uncomfortable and feeling not knowing what to do is actually part of the work that mm-hmm. sitting with those feelings is exactly what I should be doing um, because we should be spending more time reflecting. Um, but I also am afraid that when this conversation becomes less interesting on Instagram, that we won't talk about it anymore and that we won't like have people to look to, um, on how to continue to talk to it. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's, uh, it's work. Well, Jen, I think it comes down to accountability, which is like a buzzword in so many, you know, entities, but I think about it like accountability on ourselves, accountability on some of the companies that have, use social media as a platform right now to put out statements, to put out um, work around um, solidarity and work around being co-conspirators and work around being allies. And so then you're like, as you just spoke to, like when this isn't trending anymore, right? Or when the immediacy doesn't happen, like such a strong, strong message from that webinar that Coalition Snow hosted and that you put together, And again, looking at practicing this both personally and professionally, it's like the work is sitting with it. You listen to, you know, intellectual um, leaders like Angela Davis, and she'll talk about how the work is exactly what you just spoke to. It's sitting with the feelings, it's sitting with the work, and it's doing it over a long time. Example, in the community recently with the Supreme Court, Um, upholding DACA for so many young people in our nation. The interviews that I listened to was around joy in, in, in getting that reprieve, if you will, from fear, but then knowing what the work looks like ahead. Just because the Supreme Court has decided that it doesn't mean that people aren't going to criminalize um, brown skin or, or, or make stereotypical assumptions and do, uh, atrocious things and, and, and there have hate crimes around people based on, um, what they look like. And so the work and sitting with the work, I think comes down to a, a different way of showing up. And then I think that also comes down to how do you have that momentum and that longevity? So, okay, what are you doing? Are you reading? Are you learning from black leaders? Are you actually stepping away from things like social media and looking at it in your own community? And I think of us in Tahoe, right? Like we've had a couple of peaceful vigils and I thought you posted a really thoughtful comment related to this idea of like these peaceful vigils and how that's like gaslighting around where the, um, and I won't use the word riot. I'm using my air quotes slash, like I didn't say that, but I want to say like the uprisings and the protests and the the community and the streets bringing attention to the racial disparities and the inequities that have existed for so long and continue to play out. And this is the time to take that. Um, yeah. And I just, Jillian, if I can just talk really quick, like specifically please. before you move on to your next point around this idea of using the language peaceful mm-hmm. vigil. So mm-hmm. I was a part of the protests here in Reno, Nevada that turned violent. 
we were tear gassed, rubber bullets, flash bombs, armed National Guard, um, SWAT cars. It, it was helicopters. Um, I saw buildings burn. I saw windows smashed. I saw people arrested. I was trying to give first aid to um, people who had tear gas in their eyes. Um, as someone who witnessed all of that, what made that violent was police escalation. Mm-hmm. There, there was a, a curfew place, and because there was a curfew, the police wanted people off the streets. So they were forcibly removing people off the streets. Now, were there a handful of people who were doing, you know, like, yeah, there was like some white kids with rocks and they were throwing them 100%. But the frontline protesters were 100% peaceful and they were getting tear gas. And I was a part of this for, I don't know, five or six hours. I saw the entire thing. And then the next morning, you know, I woke up, I walked out my front door And I went out into my community with um, a garbage bag and a broom and um, we cleaned up. We we picked up the glass. We scrubbed graffiti off the walls. My entire building was tagged. Um, You know, I was was there for the protest and I was there for my community the next day. And I was really saddened to see people who came out on Sunday to clean up, but they couldn't figure out how to come out to a protest the day before that quite honestly was... um, a completely safe space for all human beings um, until it got dark outside. So there was like, you know, four hours where you could have shown up in solidarity. Um, and then after that, like living in Reno, for those of you who who don't know, Reno basically sits at the um, sort of like on the foothills at, at the base of the Sierra Nevada mountain range. And up on the other side is Truckee Tahoe. Well, since that happened in Reno, Truckee Tahoe was um, organizing vigils which I, and, and protests, which I appreciate, but they had to use the qualifier peaceful. To which I then said to them, uh, I put this on social media, I also sent private messages to people and asked them to change their language, which some of them did, um, was, of course, it's going to be peaceful in Tahoe, because the police have always protected white bodies at the expense of black and brown bodies. So by using that language, you are gaslighting the experiences of people. You're not acknowledging your own privilege. And it's, and it's really just, um, I mean, it's just, it was, it hurt. It was hurtful. Like, and, and so, um, the, the vigil, the, um, event that was on Juneteenth when I asked the organizer to remove, and I I sent a private message. And this is one thing, Jillian, you and I can talk about on this podcast of calling out versus calling in. Mm. I chose to send a private message to the organizer and I explained to her my feelings. And I said, this is what I saw and this is what's going on. Um, I'm going to ask you to remove the word peaceful. Just call it a vigil or just call it a protest because protests still fucking matter and they're still fucking important even if they do turn violent. And this idea that the only way that we make change is through peace is an absolute fucking load of shit because this country has been built on violence. Violence actually fucking works. So do not start that we need to be peaceful now and do not 
tone police and check black and brown people and tell them that they need to be peaceful because the whole fucking reason why we're in this fucking position, what, why we're dealing with this now is because we have used violence that the, the state has used it. Um, schools have used it. Religion has used it. Everyone has used it to get us to the point we are today. So I'm like, if I, if I hear the word peaceful again, I'm still, I'm still can't figure out when I'm going to call you out when I'm going to call you in. I'm working on that. Um, but it, that like, it's a protest and it's important and you need to suspend your fucking judgment on it. And that's, that's it. Drop mic. So with that, I think what, what I take away from that in such a strong way is this idea that protest, you know, this right to assemble is a constitutionally protected right for all the right reasons, Mm -hmm. even though we could like fully unpack when the constitution was written and who was represented and who was fucking at the table. But somebody there thankfully was like, Hey, we have to make sure that people have the right to come together to question things when they are unjust. And I think the peaceful thing is this very whitewashed white supremacist way Mm -hmm. of just like feeling good, kind of like the checking the box vibe, but also being like, we're going to do it, but we're not going to make people too uncomfortable. We're going to make sure that it's like fucking family friendly, or I don't know, fill in the blank that everyone's going to, again, feel good when they're done. And I think the idea of actual, like a protest is like standing up for something, putting yourself in that place of discomfort. And I think, you know, going back to what you talked about as a company and then taking it even to the individual level, if you can't sit with the discomfort, like then you're not able to do the work right now. It's like, you have to be able to be uncomfortable. Like I'm an educator, right? And I reflected this year so much on our school's work of bringing in Um, a lens of equity. And they did it to the point where it made them start to have to actually change and do work. We do so much. And I pulled this from Bettina Love. This is not my word, but I learned so much from her. This idea in education where we manage inequities, we manage it. We know that it's happening, right? So we know that there's racial disparity in Tahoe. So if you're going to do this peaceful vigil in Tahoe city, you know, it's going to be a bunch of white people that come with like their homemade signs and like their kindness and love and peace. And that's great. But you know, we need fucking justice. We need justice. And so the peace is not the peace. This is about justice. This is about access. This is about equity. This is about humanity. And so I just feel like it's this way that it, again, and I, and I don't begrudge the organizers because I think sometimes in mountain communities, and I felt like this when I moved b- back to Tahoe from Humboldt County, because Humboldt County is very activated in a lot of ways. And there were things when I questioned my ability to come back to a community like Tahoe and live and thrive here with so much fucking bullshit and ignorance and lack of critical thought and people just eating up lies and people with fucking Trump stickers. Like I just was like, how am I going to do this? And a really strong mentor to me was like, you have to be there because if that you're bringing like a voice, right. And you're going to hopefully help be a person that like you just said, whether it calls out or calls in, right? Or you're going to find your people and that's going to be what helps make that community stronger and better. And um, not to make yeah. it about me, but it is about like not not just letting it go on and it just, then all of a sudden you, you've given in and let all the fucking white rich people take it over and just continue to create the fucking Babylon system that we're fighting against and trying to break down um, brick by brick. So it isn't about the peace. It's about the justice. And that's where I feel like the protests get their energy and the peaceful vigils get their Mm -hmm. little fucking Girl Scout 
sorry, Girl Scouts, but you know, you get your like fucking patch. Like you sold your cookies. You found the fucking ladybug. I don't know. It's like so fucking conventional and safe. But it's, but it's like, I think, I think we need to hold space for all of it. Vigils are important. Also vigils are inherently peaceful. So I don't need to hear that. I don't need you to, you don't need to qualify. Protest is fundamentally different and it's really only going to be violent if the police escalate it. I'm going to say that again. And for anybody who wants to disagree and like who wants to shed a tear, do you shed the same amount of tears for black and brown people as you do for some business who had their window busted? Like really think about who you're mourning and what Mm -hmm. you're mourning. Um, Mm -hmm. And and I'm just going to like, as someone who saw it all, all of it, like the, the pain and the the anger and like the, the destruction the, and the breaking like, of glass but it's just all like it's it's just Latasha Dunstan who's one of our ambassadors some of you might know her from Instagram as jitterbug art um mm. you know she she said to me she's like it's going to be messy it's going to be messy but this is like that this is how it's going to be and and we cannot realize this radical change without this being really fucking messy and uncomfortable. So don't, don't try to smooth it. Don't Mm -hmm. try to smooth it out. Um, and this, and this is one of those things, you know, that one of the things I'm working on is thinking about when do you call in and when do you call out? So something that I, many of you have probably seen it too, being posted to social, um, by many black, brown and indigenous people is as white people, our role is to not actually be angry and not alienate other white people. It's our job to do the work and to get other white people to change. Because if we don't do that, if we're the ones who are so angry and we're the ones who are like putting other people down or attacking them, then, then that actually puts more of the onus on black, brown and indigenous people to do, do, to do the work. And this is something like, uh, I've actually thought about this for many years and I have certainly spoken words to other white women. I will not name them now. You know who you are. You're probably not listening, but you know who you are, <laughs> of who have just like been on the fucking attack for, for forever. Um, and I, I said to, I've said to these people many years ago, um, you don't need to do that. Like you don't need to have this voice on behalf of black people. Like you're, you're kind of like stealing this, this rage and this, this voice. And, um, I think that, you know, this is, this is coming out. And so I've been trying to think about like, what are the ways in which I can engage white people in thinking more critically about it? So I'm certainly not going to suffer fool's light. Like I just don't, but I'm asking people a lot of questions. Like, how would you feel this way if you were an indigenous skier? Would you feel this way if you were a black skier? Would you feel this way if you knew that this forum was predominantly black and not white? Like asking all these questions of people, mm-hmm. I think a lot of my questions still sort of fall on on deaf deaf ears. Um, I do want to I do want to say though, I do want to do a call out right now. So for all the listeners, this is going to be special for you. Um, I really want to call out the the performative nature of many people in the snow sports industry. And specifically, I want to call out Level 1. Um, so Level 1 is a 
they're based in Denver. They um, produce ski films and everyone's known for forever who's ever watched a level one film that they never feature women. And if they ever do feature women, it's like in a fucking bikini or some shit. Of course, everyone in the films, like they're always white. Um, I've never been a fan of level one. Also, there's too many people in snow sports to pick a fight with. So I've never picked a fight with level one, but right now I'm picking a fight with them. So level one uh, did this raffle for justice and they um, were able to bring together all these different brands to donate $36,000 in pros in it, $36,000, $36,000 in prizes, prizes. And then people can go to the level one website to buy raffle tickets. And that's what they're going to give all the money to the ACLU and the um, NAACP and Outdoor Afro and the National Brotherhood of Skiers. So here's what I want to say about that. Level one, go fuck yourself. Here's why. Um, when I look at all those brands that you brought on, they are all owned by cisgendered straight white men. Almost mm -hmm. every single one. Mm -hmm. Every single one. So, and then also, black people don't need your fucking charity. How about rather than $36,000 in prizes, each one of those brands threw down 250 bucks, 500 bucks, a thousand bucks. This idea of charity that like black people, what we give them is charity reinforces power structure. Now I do want to say, dude, it's a slave master snow, mentality. Yeah. We have donated. We donated, we have donated, um, as our friends and peers in the outdoor industry, black women specifically, as black women have said to us, we want you to give to these causes. We have done that. Um, and, and I am, am happy to do that, but we also are doing lots of other things like paying black women, like giving paying them for their skill and their expertise. But I'm not done yet with level one. I'm not done. So level one has never, ever addressed any issues of racism, sexism, um, transphobia, never addressed it. They got one fucking post. Well, they do one, you know, they do like their white people do something, then they do their blackout square, and then they do their raffle for justice. Mm -hmm. So I send them a message. I'm just going to read it exactly because I don't need to – I can tell you exactly what I said. I wrote to them on June 16th. Today's June 23rd. And I said, hey there, you could take your commitment to inclusivity one step further by finding ways to diversify your, your partnerships. Your giveaway partner brands are almost all owned by cisgendered, white, straight, able-bodied men. The industry continues to center those voices at the expense of everyone else. A giveaway is one of the easiest places to start making change. The rest of the work will be a lot harder. They never responded to me. So then a week later, I wrote to them, hey there, is anyone going to respond to this message? No one responded to me. Yet in their post, they acknowledged. We all they acknowledged. We all, they, they said, our sport and most other outdoor sports aren't accessible to everyone while 
Income barriers in geography plays a role. It's important for all of us to nurture an outdoor sport culture and an approach to community in general that makes a space for all people, no matter their race, gender, income, or any other defining identity. So I just want to say level one, if you want to say that you believe that we should nurture a culture that makes space for all people, you might want to acknowledge our existence. Mm-hmm. You might you might want to respond to the message that the only woman-owned ski and snowboard com- company in the world is asking you if you can diversify your partnerships. You might want to acknowledge that we're speaking to you. Now, you don't have to like what I say to you. You, I'm sure there's plenty of conversations of that gender is a fucking bitch. Also fine. I don't care. But the fact that you, the audacity to make this public statement of wanting to create this open, welcoming community, but then you cannot respond to a human being who asks you a question and who positions this in front of you. This is the toxicity of the snow sports industry. This is what I'm going to call out. So I just want to like anyone also go tell a fucking everyone, go tell everyone, you know, if you're going to be this this kind of brand and this kind of person where you're going to say, we're going to do what we can to create an inclusive and welcoming space, but then you refuse to acknowledge the existence of said people in the space, I'm going to fucking call you out. Now, if you are somebody who is struggling and working and engaging in conversation. If you come to me and say, Jen, I don't know what to do about this, which many of you have, and you are welcome to continue to do that. Although I'm not an expert, I'm happy to tell you what I think, but I'm not the DEI expert. Um, those are the people that I'm going to call in. I know so many women-owned brands who, who through all my conversations with them in the last few weeks, are like really trying to do the right thing and they're like teeny tiny little brands and don't have money for consultants and can't do it. Like I'm going to talk to you and work with you. I'm going to talk and work with my, my friends, but this shit from snow sports, fuck you level one and all these fucking brands just know I'm watching and we're watching. And I certainly hope that you figure out how to do more than a fucking raffle for black people. I'm just going to let that sit for with everybody for a second because I'm sure they have like 10 windows up like I do. And um, I followed that like top to bottom. And I think I'm going to geek out and say it goes back to accountability. So I want you to call them out. I'm going to call them out too because here's what they've completely missed in this is you called it out, the charity, not change, which I want to say is like something I've gotten from you with Zawadisha and the work you've taught me through not empowering because I, I kind of want to move away from that always, but it's about remind like seeing people's power, right? They don't need other people to give it to them. They have it already, but it's been systemically and through policy taken away from them. And so it's not a matter of us needing to give it to them. It's a, they already have it. We just have to give it back. And it's like, doesn't take away the ability for other companies to still thrive. And so this is about divesting. It's about, like you mentioned in coalition, paying black women, it's about being actively anti-racist and it's It's not just the quick, here, we're going to post and then we're going to move on. What are you doing as you move forward? And I think that idea that brands or any organizers 
um, or even influencers see this as like a place to tokenize or to trend, it's actually more toxic because it just further like builds off the back of people of color, indigenous people, black people. It's that further reinscription of the settler colonizer mentality, the slave master. Like it's so sickening actually. It's, it's one of those that like makes you want to throw your computer against the wall. And I think the anger piece, um, there's this great work on that Audre Lorde has written on in terms of anger as this catalyst and anger as this momentum and then not to really fear it, but that it, it can be so feared. And that's, again, the way that the system wants to quiet people is, you know, in terms of, of anger. And I think it's this way of the voice and the platform is around education. It is around being open to questions. And I've had some really interesting conversations with people that I never thought I would have had them. And I went into it with the headspace of like, I'm going to listen. I'm going to like hear what they have to say, even though I want to throw up in my mouth and potentially punch them in the throat. But then I'm going to go back to them with questions like, well, why do you feel that way? Why do you think that bothers you? And like, hey, did you ever think about it this way? And use those like inquiry skills of the educator and the historian and the activist where I'm like, if you, if you go through a transformation, that transformation leads to change. And you, I I think about this as like a non-native ally, right. And someone who understands that like sexism will not be, um, systematically chipped away at without like feminist male allies. Like it, 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 it benefits everybody. And that I fully believe in my core. And then it's like everybody that does the work has to do it in different ways. Cause there's different levels of participation and different levels of, of access. And so I think that those conversations start with, if we have the language and we have the education and we have the way to grapple with the toxicity that comes at us from ignorant people or people that have just kind of been bathing in their privilege or they don't want politics in their fucking skiing, it's like, cool, well, you may not be in a skin track with me any longer, big whoop to do. But if I can keep you there and I can keep you listening or I can keep questioning you, is there transformation there that can happen? So I think that does come down back to like kind of our opening part of like our role in our own communities, in the industry is like as the the more equipped we become, the better able we are to be those kind of like guides along with our like, you know, I think of my white female friends, you know, it's part, basically who I'm surrounded by. What is my role for them as someone who feels a little bit more, I don't, I don't know the right word. Cause I'm not, like you said, I'm not an expert. Uh, again, I'm an educator. I, I aim to show up. I aim to listen. And I, my work right now is more about unlearning sometimes. And it is learning, even though they totally go together. And then looking at a company like that and be like, I would divest all on any funds from you. Who am I giving my money to? And then how you hold them accountable. So calling out, calling in Jen really quick. Yeah. I know I'm like pretty, pretty fucking smart over here. You call them out, it's done public. You call them in, you do the direct message. Just a clarifier. There might've been one other well, listener that needed yeah, that clarifier. So, like, so a calling out is basically like, fuck you, you're fucking up. And a calling in is like, I really see you and I want to work with you on this. And so I just want to like, revit, like, <laughs> you know, with this level one thing, um, there is nothing wrong with donating because if you're a nonprofit, that's the only way that you gain revenue. So donating to charity is a very good thing and you should donate to charity. And that is one of the many things that you can do. You also can vote. You also can protest. You also could talk to your friends and family. You also, if you're a business owner, you could make business-wide changes. There's every, you, if, if you go to church, you can speak at your church to people in the pews. You can, 
There's so many different things that you can do. My issue with level one, and the reason why I'm choosing to call them out, is that number one, a raffle to me, why is it that white people need to receive something to give? Mm. You're entering a raffle so that you have the potential to win a prize when you should just give, just get like the, the, all those companies shouldn't have given prizes. They should have just given money and they should have asked all of their followers and their community to also give money because those mm -hmm. nonprofits only exist with donations. Donations are important, but why, why are we creating why are we creating something where as a white person, I might get something. So I'm going to buy raffle tickets so I can get a new pair of skis versus I'm just going to give this money and not expect anything back except for a better world. So that's the first yeah. part. The second part is that I did call in. I sent a private message. Mm -hmm. I called in. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, and like, like I said, you may not, they may not have liked what I said, but I sent a private message with no response. So I can no longer attempt to work with you and call you in and, and bring you along and work with you as a colleague and a peer if you can't see me. And so that like, that's the difference to me is like, are you with me to do this work and engaging in the conversation? Or are you like, are you ignoring the very thing that you say that you stand for, which is a bossy ass bitch woman who's out there actually making change and who's been doing this for quite a long time in the industry? Like you can't ignore it. Like they could have at least said, thank you for the message. We will share your response with the team. Like mm -hmm. no one did anything. And so that's why I feel like it's time to kind of call them out and then also just share in this um, conversation of, Charity can't be the only thing we do because as you said, Jillian, that, that reinforces, um, you know, all of these power hierarchies, we shouldn't give because we expect something back that's centering ourselves and centering our feelings. We should give because we believe in the power of creating a better community. Um, and so while I like, while I'm happy to see that some people in the snow sports world are at least addressing Black Lives Matter because so many of them are not addressing them. And once again, you know who you fucking are and we're watching you. We know who you are too. Also, I can I just put out there, if anyone's still listening at minute 40, 27, um, I would love an intern. If you're a white woman and you want to come intern for us, Let's create a database of all the things that all snow sports companies are doing in response to this. I just think that that data collection would be fascinating. Um, but yeah, calling in, call, calling in is come along with me. Let's do this work together. It's not attacking people. It's not belittling, belittling people. It's like trying to bring them along and calling out is being like, yo, hold the fuck up. Mm. And you do it in a public way. Like mm -hmm. I just did. So I just feel like, I do all of it. I'm doing all of it. And I'm really clear about why I'm doing what it is that I'm doing. And so, you know, I think for anybody who's listening, who's a white woman, while it's really easy to engage in that rage, um, which we clearly, Jillian and I are very angry too. Like we have to know that 
we have to be able to bring other people along with us. And so I think that there's certain places where that rage is warranted and you're going to write people off and you're going to call them out. And then there's certain places where you do need to absolutely, absolutely like put in the time and do the work to bring people along. Well, I think at minute um, over 40, we do have to end on that note with like giving that little gift to our listeners, like whether it's the ask of like, here's the intern, the ask of there's, there's something you can do in some capacity. You have to take the feelings, whether they're like the rage, the sadness, but you can't center them around yourself. It's like, what do you do with that? And then move forward. So you petition, you donate, you protest, you vigil, you read, um, you learn, you unlearn. Like there are there's the work that if each individual is engaging with, that's like collective energy. That's that critical mass that does not go away. Um, a really thoughtful piece I saw from a handle that I uh, follow on Instagram, it's check your privilege. And it was like over the next 90 days, follow one educator, um, read two books and like find a podcast that literally challenges your current value system, way of being, and that puts you in places of discomfort. And there's no lack of ways to find those resources, whether you find them from Coalition Snow and our email blast, whether you find them on Instagram, but that is part of the work. It's the longevity in the work. It's the accountability. And then it's also recognizing that it's not just the quick fix. Like that, even that quick fix mentality, it's so, it's so white. It's so mainstream. It's so Western. It's so does not serve us. Um, and so that's kind of like that community yeah. ask. I hope you get your internship. Um, you know, I hope everyone gets laid this weekend. Like I well, just hope me, it's a good day. Oh my God, I was, <laughs> get laid. Let me just get, so for anyone who's still listen, listening, two, two educators that you can follow, Rachel Cargill, Rachel Ricketts, you can follow them on Instagram. You can also go to their Patriot or their Patreon mm-hmm. and you can give to them. Books to read. I want to recommend that people read Hood Feminism by Mickey Kendall. If you identify as a feminist, you should read this book, Hood Feminism by Mickey Kendall. The podcast that will challenge you is called Hood Rat to Head Wrap. Mm. Hood Rat to Head Wrap. So there you go. There's your educators, there's your book, there's your podcast. And with that, We will say, Jillian, how do you always end the podcast? Get to work, motherfuckers. Okay, I'm back. So what I forgot to say, what I forgot to say also was all the comments in level one about you're so amazing. You're such great activists. Did those people go click on Outdoor Afro? And did they follow Outdoor Afro? And then did they tell Rue Map that she's an amazing activist and she's an amazing person? Because I don't actually think that three posts on Instagram in a raffle makes you an activist. And and fuck no. And so at this at this happened at the exact time when the world was saying center and amplify black voices. So did that like were your follow level one were your followers like were they centering and amplifying and elevating black voices or were they commenting at nauseum on your post saying how great this is and how much they support black Lives matter because they knew that posting on your account was a safe 
easy space for them. And they didn't have to go tell Rue Map that she's a fucking amazing activist, that she like thank her for her work. They didn't have to do that. And so while I don't think that level one or any of the participating brands intended for that to happen, I just want to acknowledge that if you're going to be so quick to tell white men who have posted three Instagram posts and started a raffle that they're amazing activists, I hope you took the same amount of time, if not more, to go tell black people who've been doing the fucking work or brown people or indigenous people or any people who've been doing the fucking work. I hope you took the same amount of time to go tell them how fucking awesome they are. And get to work, motherfuckers. Baton, a can of mace, a mask, a shield, a gun with gloves on hands, it gives an alibi in case somebody dies behind a bullet that flies out of the nine, takes another child's life on sight. Not in the streets, no child.